Would you give Jesus some praise this morning? Come on. Note to self, make sure I get the MC's notes every week before she comes up here. I was a blubbering mess back there. It's a good thing you couldn't see me. Holy smokes, the power that the Holy Spirit has. Um, everything that, that Tanasia just said is what exactly what we desire for all of you. But the thing, the thing that, that, that T didn't get into was that, and, and she, she hinted at it, but the thing that she didn't get into was she had to have an open heart. She, she had to be responsive. She, she played a major role in everything that God is doing in their lives. You play the exact same role in your life. You have to have an open heart. The Bible says that if you seek me with your whole heart, you'll find me. Sometimes we have this, this tendency to just seek God half-heartedly. But he says if you seek me with your whole heart, you'll find me. So this morning, as we... As we get into the, the final week of our series, I just want to ask you, like, we're, listen, I understand we're talking about finances. It's hard. We're talking about finances in tax season, for crying out loud. When gas prices are is over $4 a gallon, like, this is, this doesn't make sense. But if you seek me with your whole heart, and the reason I think Jesus talks so much about money, because he talked more about money more than he did faith and prayer combined. The reason he talked so much about money was because he knew that money would prevent us from giving up our entire heart. And if there's any part of our heart that is consumed by finances, we can look and look and look and look and look for God all we want to but if we're blinded by the money, we won't find God the way that we need to. Seek me with your whole heart and you'll find me. And I just want to begin uh, this morning. Um, we're in a series, uh, the end of the series. Some of you guys I might be like, thank God it's the end of the money series. Man, now I can come back and you can talk about some important things. Um that was a, a joke. Someone laughed, so that's okay. Um, but but we're in the final week of a series called, that we're calling Intro to God's Economy because Paul told Timothy to teach the church about money. And so I've, I've kind of tried to put on my teaching hat a little bit. I might preach a little bit today. I mean, after that worship set and that MC spot, I don't know how I'm not going to preach this morning, to be honest with you. I'm fired up after that. But teach the church about finances. Teach the church about money. And so I've tried to do that. We're in the final week. Week one, we talked about the source and how, how God is the source of everything. He owns it all. And so if God owns it all, then we're simply stewards. The Bible uses the word steward. 
we don't use the word steward. I had a football coach in high school. His name was Coach Stewart. Um, that's the only time in my life that I've ever used the word steward. So when it talks about stewardship, right, it's talking about management. It's talking about we are managers of the money that God gives us. And so, so God provides it all. He's the source. He owns it all. We just manage it. Then the second week we talked about the sum and how there, there is an amount to generosity. And so if we want every dollar to be on mission in our life, the money that God gives us, he spells out for us how to be generous. So we talked about the sum of generosity last week. If you missed any of those messages, you can go back and listen on our website. I'm going to be honest with you. The recording the last few weeks have been terrible. So uh, hopefully we got that issue uh, taken care of this week, and it's not so staticky. But if you can get through the static, those messages were really good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Today we're going to talk about the storehouse. We're going to talk about the storehouse. So First uh, Timothy chapter uh, 6, verse 17 through 19 is where we're, what, what we're studying. But before we really get into it, I just want to say, from, from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you to, to our, our church. Um, thank you for... Thank you for responding um, during this series. Uh, you know, when you, anytime, uh, I, as, a, as, a, as a preacher, as I write the messages that God gives me, I, I'm writing what I believe God has for us. And every once in a while, God will allow me the opportunity to see that it's working. And I just want to say thank you for how you've responded to a, to a hard series about, about finances. And I, the, reason I, the reason I can say that is because I, I see the finances and I see the increase. And so thank you not just for your response to the message, but thank you for your obedience to God. Because that's what it's about. It's, it's never been about, oh, no, we need to make more money. That's, that's never what, and I'm going to talk a little bit about why we never get to that point. And as a church, we never, we never want to live like, oh, no, what, what are we going to do? We don't have enough money. We never want to be there because God is our source. But I, I've seen the, the response, and, the, and, and I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I hope that that comes across as genuine. I hope that you that you know that um, we couldn't do this without you. And God has called us to be a, a city on a hill that can't be hidden for all of Wyndham and all of Maine and all of the United States to see this beacon of hope and this beacon of light to this world but it's like my friend Chris Treat says, the answer is money. What's the question? Right? So we, we need to be obedient to God so that we can reach this world for Jesus. Let's get into God's word this morning. Can we do that? First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19 says, 
teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all that we need for our enjoyment. For our enjoyment, guys. Like, he wants us to enjoy our money, but he knows that it can, pre- it, it can be a heart block. It can be a blockage in our heart if we allow it to. Verse 18 says, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, you will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. I don't know about you, but I want to experience some true life. Come on. Anybody with me? 9 a.m., are you with me? I want to experience some true life. I want life the way that my creator intended it to be. And so if I want true life, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19 tells me some ways that I can get true life. A real quick four-point outline of 1 Timothy chapter 6, 17 through 19 is one, not to be proud. Two, not to trust. Don't be proud in the amount of money that I make. Don't trust in the money that I make because it's unreliable. It's unreliable. So then use my money to do good. And when I use my money to do good, then I won't be proud in it. Right? If I do it with a good heart, don't be proud in it. And then finally, store up your treasure. The principle of storing is seen throughout all of Scripture. My favorite story when it comes to, to storing up, and I'm not going to talk about this story, but I just want to I just want to mention it because I feel like I have to give give a, give proper due to my man Joseph in the book of Genesis. My man Joseph in the book of Genesis was was this this kid that um, that he was he he had twelve brothers, and and he. He came to it. His brothers hated him because he was his dad's favorite, his dad Jacob, right? He was his dad's favorite. And so um, his brothers hated him. And because they hated him, uh, he, he, he had these dreams. And in the, in the dreams, he went to his brothers one day, and he says, one day, basically, the dream is, one day you're going to bow to me. And they're like, Psh, we'll show you. We're going to kill you. And so they... they they act like they kill him, but they don't kill him. They sell him into slavery, and he goes to Egypt. And I don't know if you realize this, but the reason the children of Israel were slaves to Egypt was because Joseph was sold into slavery to Egypt. That set up the whole story. And as he's in, in Egypt, God raises him to the position of governor where he could store up for a famine. He could store up for a famine. And then he could provide for all of Israel, not just his own family. And his brothers come to get money because of the famine. And guess what they do? They bow down to him. And so the story, the, the concept of storing up is a biblical principle because it requires discipline. It requires discipline to, to store up. But as a church, and I'm going to show you this, 
as a church, we're responsible for storing up so that we can provide when there's famine, so that we can provide for those in need. That doesn't mean that we have money and that we just take, that we just receive money from people and we just put it into a savings account and it stays there. That, that's not what that means. It means that we have a God of abundance that provides for us so that we can share with those in need. If you want to follow along in today's notes, you can do so in the YouVersion Bible app. Um, all of today's notes are there. And uh, we're going to focus on verse 19. Verse 19 this morning. Are you with me? Are you still in bed? It took me a while to wake up this morning. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the nice weather yesterday. Into the, I, don't, I have no idea. I, you know what it was? How you play on Saturday night just determines how you play on Sunday morning. And I stayed up too late last night is what it was. Um, so verse 19 says this. It says, by doing this, you will be storing up the treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. If we're going to experience true life, we have to store some things up. We have to, we have to plan. We have to, we have to store, store some things up. Um, so then the question is, how do we store up treasure with our generosity? How do we store up treasure with our generosity? Now, I don't hide the fact that I am absolutely in love with Tanya Harold, with Jesus, and the local church, right? So I am, I am absolutely in love with the local church. God called my family to move from Southern Illinois to Maine to start a church because I'm in love with his church. I am absolutely in love with the church. Pastor Adam, how in the world can you be in love with the church? Because the church represents Jesus to this world. And if I'm going to love Jesus, then I'm going to love his church. So that brings me to today's big idea. The big idea for today, if I want you to hear anything today, it's this. The church is the only organization in the world that will last forever. The church is the only organization in the entire world that will last forever. When I read this line out of Nelson Searcy's book, The, genera genera uh, the Generosity Ladder is the name of the book. When I read that, that line, I about like stood up out of my chair and, and shout it because it made sense to me. The, the way we make our money last forever is by giving it to the church, God's bride. Because the church is the only organization that will be in heaven. Nike won't be there. Starbucks won't be there. The United States government won't be there. Hallelujah. is the only organization on the planet that lasts forever. Because the church is eternal. In God's economy, the church is the storehouse for all things eternal. Not just our money, 
but for the soul of people that are seeking a God as his children. We are the storehouse for the family of God. I, that should make you shout. We are, we, but as a storehouse, it requires a lot of responsibility. Randy Alcorn, in his book, Money, Possessions, and Eternity, says, I'm often asked, this is Randy Alcorn, this is not Adam Harrell, okay? So blame him, not me. Throw your tomatoes at Randy Alcorn. He's not here. But how can I, I'm, I'm often asked, Randy Alcorn's often asked, how can I give money to a church that I don't agree with how the money is spent? Perhaps the church leaders are in better position to judge than you are. But if the Bible tells me to pay my taxes, which Romans chapter 13, verse 1 through 7 says, and I comply with the Bible, even though some of my taxes will be wasted and even used for bad purposes, then surely I can give to God even when I don't feel comfortable with how every, uh, with every use of the funds. If God's word tells me to pay my taxes, and it does, and I pay my taxes, do I get upset with some of the ways that the government uses my tax dollars? Absolutely. Guess what? You're probably going to get mad at the way the church uses some of your money too. It's just how we are. But that doesn't prevent me from paying taxes because it's a mandate from God's word. And it's always about our hearts. And Jesus said, I'm going to get there. I'm getting ahead of myself. I have a tendency to do that. Jesus said, what well, your treasure is, your heart is also. I know that hurts. It sting. It stung me. And I tithe. It stung. I believe that there are two principles that the church often gets wrong. Um, two principles in God's economy that I see in Scripture that the church has a tendency to get wrong. Now, when I say the church has a tendency to get wrong, I do not mean, and, and, and none of this is meant to bash any other church. Because, because the church, the whole church, is the body of Christ. The problem is, not every church believes that they're the body of Christ, the physical representation of Jesus. And so, because they don't, they don't see it that way, they, we often have a tendency to have some churches that get it wrong. Well, just like people. People get it wrong. I get it wrong. And so we have a tendency to mis, misunderstand these two principles that I want to share with you this morning. The first principle, number one, if you're taking notes, write it down. If you're not taking notes, write it down anyway. God's desire is for his children to live with a mindset of abundance, not scarcity. God's desire is for you to live with the mindset of abundance, not scarcity. But we have this tendency to find a poverty mindset, 
a scarcity mindset. And the church has a tendency to find a scarcity mindset. Set up baked goods, baked sales, and and all these things to to bring in money to, to, to the church. No, 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 no. That's not God's plan for the storehouse. God's plan for the storehouse is sitting in the seats this morning. You are God's plan. Not the bake sale in the community. The church is supposed to be the storehouse for the community. God's economy is always filled with abundance, not poverty. God's kingdom is not a third world kingdom. God's kingdom is a rich kingdom, an abundant kingdom, that our God is the source of all things. And as a church, the refuge church, we will do everything we can to always represent an abundant mindset, not a scarcity mindset. Let me show it to you in scripture, Luke chapter 12, verse 22 through 31. It says this, it says, then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear for the life, for life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store up foods in the food in the barn for God feeds them. They are far more valuable to him. You are far more valuable to him than birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if you worry, can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Verse 27. Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Solomon, the richest king that ever lived, wasn't dressed as beautifully as the lilies, as the flowers. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't be concerned about what you eat or what you drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God. Not a third world kingdom. The kingdom of God. Above all else. And he will give you everything you need. There's nothing in that that screams poverty. There's nothing in that that screams scarcity. And we have this problem because there's a tension between scarcity and sacrifice. And we think because God calls us to sacrifice, I've been here, we think because God, because God calls us to sacrifice, that that means that we have to live in poverty. No, 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 no. That's not what this teaches. This teaches that we are still to live with the abundance that God provides. My God is an abundant God. 
and I will have the faith that I will live an abundant life. Abundant life doesn't mean rich. Abundant means enough to share. This is what happens. The scarcity mindset, you know what it, you know what it teaches? It teaches that God can't be trusted. If I live my Christian life, are you with me? If I live my Christian life in scarcity, what that conveys to other people is you can't really trust the God that I serve because, because I'm, I'm living in scarcity. But the mindset of abundance says, come on, I have enough to share with you. That's the God that I serve. I hope it's the God that you serve because he wants us to have an abundant mindset. So then the question is, Pastor Adam, how do we live with abundant mindset? I got a hint for you. Week one. Week one, we talked about God is our source, right? The source. It's all right. It's all right. You'll get the next one. It's nine o'clock too. It's a, it's a nine o'clock service. I'm not gonna listen. I love the nine o'clock service. I got more hope for the eleven o'clock service. God is our source. If we live in abundance, we live as if God is our source. How do we live as God is our source? We live with open hands. We live with open hands. If we live with open hands, we say, God. It's enough. You can take whatever you want. But God says, I will give as well. If we have closed hands, God can't put in our hands what we need. If we're holding, if we're monkeys, and if you missed week one, go back and listen to it. We don't want to be monkeys holding on to things. We want to let it go. I want to tell you a story about the probably my favorite event that we've ever done as a church. Um, in our in our five years that we've been in a, in a church, um, it happened about three years ago. Three years ago at Wyndham Summerfest. Um, so three years ago, I I called Wyndham Parks and Rec and I asked them. What, what we could do to help with Summerfest. And they, they told me, they said, well, we've, we've had this carnival coming to uh, Wyndham Summerfest for the last, I don't know how many years. And, uh, we just noticed it's, it's a money pit. And um, they really just t- take money from our, our community. And it's really not, like, it's not good. And so we, ha- we want to replace it. And... Um, I don't know if you have any ideas and what you can do to, re, to like what we can do to replace this this carnival, but but we really that's that's our biggest need right now. Okay, okay. the church is here to provide for the needs of the community, and so I got together with, with Tanya and the rest of the team, and we started talking. And someone mentioned inflatables. Kids love inflatables. They love carnival rides, but they love inflatables too. And so um, they were like, what if, what if we were to, to like, help with inflatables? And so I, 
I called uh, the Parks and Rec and I said, we have this idea for an inflatable park at, at Wyndham Summerfest. And um, we want to sponsor it. We want to give you $3,000 to pay for all of the inflatables for, for the park. And, um, but there's only one catch. I said, well, what's the catch? I said, we don't want to sell tickets. What? You don't want to sell tickets? We want it to be free. And at the end of, of Summerfest, I had one of the one of the workers come to me and she said to me, I have to tell you this story. She, she said, I was at the information uh, tent and, and, and there was a single mother that came to, um, to the tent and she asked me, she said, and, and, and she had an armful of kids. I don't know what an armful is. I'm guessing it was at least six, right? And so she's got this armful of kids and she goes and she's like, how much are the tickets for the inflatable? And the lady said, there are no tickets, they're free. And she said to me, she goes, you would have been floored by the tears running down her face. When I told her that the inflatables were free because there's some church in town that's paying for it. That's what living the abundant life as a body of Christ looks like. Do we need inflatables? No, we don't need inflatables. No kid needs inflatables. But kids love inflatables. And we're going to do everything we can to fill the void in the community. The community had a void. And we stepped in and we said, we want to meet it with our generosity. The generosity of our church. And we don't want to take a dime from anyone else. I'm happy to report that for the last two years, Wyndham hasn't put on a Summerfest in person. But this year they are. And the Refuge Church will be there again. With free inflatables. If you want to help with, I, I, the event's not till June. I'm getting ahead of myself like I always do. The, the, the event's in June, and there will be a, a sign-up to get involved to help man the inflatables. If you, listen, We've got vision for the community, vision for the church. But again, the answer is money. What's the question? Vision costs money. If you want to help, if you want to help sponsor that inflatable part, come and see me, or or just um, just drop in your on your on your tie on your check, whatever you write on the, in the memo. Just write Summerfest. That's fine. We will we will use this opportunity as an offering to provide for the community because we have an abundant mindset. As a church, we have an abundant mindset. The second principle that I want to teach you this morning is when you give to the church, 
it's an eternal investment. When you give to the church, it's an eternal investment. I want you to hear me loud and clear. It is a big deal when you give to the Refuge Church. When you give to the Refuge Church, you give through the Refuge Church. And it's a big deal. It's a big deal when you give to the Refuge Church. Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart is also, Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. And because of that, we don't look at every gift as a donation. We look at every gift as a piece of your heart. It's a piece of your heart. And when you, when you give to the Refuge Church, you're giving us a piece of your heart, and we don't take that lightly. And so because we don't take it lightly, I want to share with you just three quick 30,000-foot view of how we try to manage money at the refuge. Because I know that that's the question for some of you. The first thing that we do is, and, and this is because we, we believe God is our source. We believe it so much that we offer a money-back guarantee. We don't talk about it every Sunday like we should. But we offer you a money-back guarantee. If you give to the Refuge Church for a certain amount of time, for a couple months, and, and at the end of your month, if, if, if you can't stand up here like Tanasia just did and say that I, like, and, and, and you, you're like, man, I really could use that money that I gave to the church. All right, let us know. We'll give it back to you. That's how much we believe in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, that we can test God in the area of our finances. If you test him and he fails the test, all right, we'll give it back to you. Now, that doesn't mean that you can attend the Refuge Church for five years and get upset and be like, hey, I've been tithing for five years and I want all my money back. That's, that's not necessarily what that means. But try it out for a few months. And you know what? After five years, if you miss it, come and see me. And we'll, we'll help you out. Because it's not about the money. It's never about money. It's always about your heart. We want you to be wise. We're not asking anybody to give 10% if, if it's unwise for you to. The reason the Bible puts 10%, I believe, is because 10% requires budget, right? It requires planning. Because, because what happens is we have this tendency to go and spend money on, on all this stuff that we really don't need. And so because we're, because, oh man, I can't give 10% because I gotta pay off the boat. Listen. I'm not, I realized that was a low blow, I'm sorry. It's always about our heart. It's always about the heart. The second thing that we do at the refuge, not just the money back guarantee, but we, we do operate on a budget. And we started with an organization called called ARC, stands for the Association of Related Churches. ARC started over a thousand churches in 21 years. It's incredible. They know what they're doing. And so they've given us a template for a budget. I'll just share it with you really, really quick. The first part, and so it's a, 
It's a 35, 35, 20, 10 budget. Now, does that equals 100, right? I'm not a gymnast, so I'm not a mathematician. So 35, 35, 20, 10. It's the second week in a row I've told that joke, and it's always funny. 35% helps pay for our facilities. Now, 35% when we were in the high school, um, we actually used a little less than 35%, but you know what that meant? That meant that we could use more for, for ministry. And so that 20% that's used for ministry, is, it actually bumps up just a little bit when, when, the, when, the finances, when the facilities don't necessarily match the 35. 35 goes to facilities, 35 goes to salary or to staff. And listen, we live below our means so that the church can exceed. And so, so 35%, and, and, and I'll get into how that salary and things are, are, are determined in just a moment because I don't determine my salary. You probably didn't determine your salary either. And so, um, so 35, 35, 20 goes to ministry and operations. 20% goes to ministry and operations. Now, when, when we're not hit, when, when we're below the 35% in, in salary, guess what we can do? We can use 27%, 25%, 30% for ministry and operations. And then when, and then the, the last part is, is the 10%. It's the tithe. And so the Refuge Church tithes because we don't, we're not going to do anything that we don't ask you to do. And the way that we tithe as a church is we give to other organizations that have the mission of the gospel in mind to reach the world for Jesus. And that, so that 10% is, is, is tithe as well. 35, 35, 20, 10. That's what we operate on. That's our budget. That's how we do things. When, again, when, when some of those things are lower than, 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 the, than the ministry and operation, then the ministry and operation, we have a lot more opportunity to ministry. So we just want, we want to be as vulnerable as possible when it comes to our finances. We should be. And then the, which leads me to the last thing. The last thing that we do is accountability. So we offer money back guarantee. We, we um, do a budget. We also have accountability. The accountability piece is where we have trustees. And I don't want to bore you with, with all this, but I know that there are questions. We want to we be accountable. And so we have a, a board. Of, right now we have overseers that are serving as trustees. We are almost in position to where we are are ready to to have in-house people from members of the Refuge Church. That's one of the reasons why we're getting uh, my Refuge up and going, so that we can build membership. And if you have the gift of finances, maybe being a trustee is for you. But let me tell you, trustee is a big deal because the title trustee is is officer. And guess who who the federal government comes to if they have questions about the Refuge Church Incorporated. They go to the trustees. The accountability. And so we have accountability in place. Because when you give to the refuge, you give through the refuge, and giving to the refuge is a big deal. We don't take it lightly. It's an investment in eternity. In eternity. So we're going to do everything we can to reach this world for eternity. The answer is money. What's the question? Well, 
in God's economy? It's not a matter of the question. Because the only question in God's economy is how are you going to use it to impact eternity? How are you going to use it to impact eternity? One step closer to Jesus. That's what we want. So, for all of us, there's a step that we have to take today. What's the step for you? Listen, maybe maybe finances aren't a, aren't a, aren't a problem for you. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's confidence. Maybe you need to rest. You need to find some self-care this week. Whatever it is, we have our prayer team, Dave, is up here. and He'd love nothing more than to pray with you, to, to go to God, the God of abundance, the God of heaven. To go to him on your behalf. To seek him with you. But the fact is, is that we can give because God has given. And God has given all. All he asks for us in return is free. He doesn't ask for money. There's no payoff only payoff is your heart your whole heart not part of it all of it so if you're here I'm not even going to ask you to raise hands this morning but I am going to ask all of us to say this prayer with me 100% of us out loud say it with me say this prayer with me say God I need you Come into my life and save me from my sins by the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross for me. Come into my life and give me life through the resurrection of Jesus. Help me live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer for the first time this morning and you meant it in your heart, you meant it in your heart, stop by guest services. We'd love to, to know your name. We'd love to send you a card to say welcome to the family. And we'd love to help you on this journey of life. Is God good this morning? Yeah.